From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. Um, we are in the book of Genesis, and uh, today we're going to look at Jacob and Esau. We've already seen that Isaac, Jacob's father, and Esau's father, uh, is a very wealthy man. Uh, he's got a lot of power and prestige, so much so that King Abimelech comes and does a treaty with Isaac because he's just too concerned about the power that Isaac is gaining. Uh, so Isaac's got two sons. Uh, the one son is Jacob, who is kind of more of a mama's boy. I mean, I hate to say mama's boy because I don't think anybody that lived 4,000 years ago is going to be a mama's boy. I mean, there's you, life was too difficult. Uh, you had to have incredible fortitude just to survive day to day. Um, but I guess he it, it said that he liked to live, you know, to dwell around the tents, you know, with the community. So maybe he's more of a community social creature, you know, and enjoys, enjoys the tented community. Now, his brother Esau, who's the older brother, is not. He's the one that likes to take his, um, you know, his arrow and quiver and run out into the wilderness and slay animals and be out in the wilderness and be, I compare him to Gaston and then come bring back the food and uh, that's where he enjoys life. Two totally different people, two perfectly fine people, not a thing wrong with either one of them. Uh, God had blessed both of them. You know, they're both children of Isaac. They're both grandchildren of Abraham. But they're just different because we're all different, right? Uh, and we saw already that Isaac, who um, or Jacob, who came out second, uh, stole his uh, the birthright from Esau um, for a bowl of stew, and how stupid that was for Esau to sell that to his brother for a bowl of stew. But um, he does it anyway. So we can see already that Esau doesn't necessarily think through all of his actions. He's more of a man of action. Uh, you know, the beast is going to, he's going to conquer the beast. He's going to go and conquer the beast. And if he can't conquer the beast, he's going to continue to try to conquer the beast. And people like that, um, you know, they make decisions and then they say, you know, if it's not the right decision, I'll deal with it when the, you know, when the damage is done or, you know, whatever from that is. I mean, that's, that's how they go through life. Nothing wrong with that. And you probably know some people like this in your life, right? They're, they're the, um, there's a thing called uh, strength finders, I think it is. And um, one, of the, one of the personality traits in strength finders is you're either an infielder or an outfielder. And an infielder in the game of baseball, when the ball is hit, you run to the ball because you want to get that ball as soon as possible. You throw it to first base or you know throw it to second base um, or throw it to home, right? Uh, so that's, that's kind of the infielder. The outfielder is more of a person that looks at the ball and says, where's that ball going? And I'm going to be there and I'm going to grab the ball. And how much, so much of our personality, some people are insider, you know, infielders, some of us are outfielders. Um, so I could see Esau being an infielder. Like he's going to go, he's going to, if he sees an animal in the woods, he's going to run after that animal and kill it. Whereas if you're an outfielder, you might say, okay, what's this animal doing? And I'm just going to, you know, kind of stay away. Um, there's, uh, that's just the way people are wired, right? I personally am an outfielder. 
I am the type of person that likes to see where that ball's going and I'm going to stand underneath the ball so I can catch it. Um, I, I'm not an infielder where I'm going to run towards the problem and try to tackle the problem, you know, but there are people that are that way. I wonder if, I mean, you might consider yourself, are you an infielder or are you an outfielder? Do you like, do you like to attack problems immediately because if you don't, they're going to turn into bigger problems or you like the person likes to sit back and see where things are going and, and, uh, see if you can, um, prepare a plan or whatever to attack the problem where it's going to be, uh, when the problem lands on your lap. Um, cause we're all different. So do you have Jacob and Esau and, um, now we get into this new story about Jacob and Esau. Uh, we saw yesterday um, that uh, that Bo that Esau was a source of um, what was it? a source of of uh, disappointment to to eat to uh, Isaac and Rebecca because he married Hittite women and uh, that wasn't part of the covenant with Abraham. And, uh, and so there was a little bit of a disappointment there, but we also saw how Isaac should have been involved in that decision and he wasn't. And maybe he wasn't involved in that decision because there's no way that Esau would have let him be involved in that decision. I mean, every parent has different children. They have to deal with different problems. But today we're going to go into a story about, um, about this blessing. Now, Isaac wants to give a blessing to his children. Uh, particularly he wants to give a blessing to Esau. Esau is the firstborn. And so he wants to give a blessing to his firstborn child. And so he tells Esau to go and get some game, come back, we're going to have a meal together, and then I'm going to give you the blessing. And so this is a big deal because Isaac is now getting older in years. This may be the last time that he formally does this. Um, I don't know if you've, have you ever given a blessing to your children or your grandchildren? Um, what would that look like? I think it would be to call them into your room. Uh, you might even put your hands over them and then say a prayer over them. Um, very, very, very powerful, especially at the end of death. Uh, my goal for when I am close to death, uh, you know, if I still have my faculties around me or whenever that is, I would love to call each of my children before me and lay my hands on them and bless them. I think that would be like the greatest thing you could ever do. I've been, I've been at a lot of uh, funerals and I've um, prayed over people that are very close to death. And I've prayed, you know, the Psalms over people when they're close to death. But, you know, if God granted me that one wish, that would be one great thing that I would really, really enjoy. Um, and that's, that's very biblical because that's what Isaac wants to do to his son Esau. Uh, he wants to give him a blessing. This is the this is the blessing before he dies to his firstborn son. So let's see how this blessing goes a little bit because it doesn't go exactly how Isaac plans, um, but it goes, I think, exactly how God plans. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and get into the story. So let me just go over here. All right. This is uh, chapter 27, verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were weak, that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and he said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then get your equipment, your quiver and bow. 
and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So um, this sets the stage for this whole story. And you'll have to remember, it said earlier that Jacob was loved by his mother, Rebecca, but Isaac loved his son, Esau. It's not like he didn't love his son, Jacob, but there was just something about the firstborn strapping young hunter-gatherer son that really resonated with Isaac. And Isaac loved his son. I'm mean, sure he loved Jacob too, but he really resonated with his son. He was so proud of his son Esau. And he says, I want to give you a blessing before I leave this earth. And so I want you to go out, take your quiver and bow, and I want you to get, uh, you know, find something, kill it, bring it back, prepare it the way I like it, and then let's have a feast together. And then I will give you my blessing before I die. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's just, I'm sure Esau was so honored and so proud, but still fearful because his dad is doing this and his dad's probably not going to be around much longer. Um, but he's willing to do it, you know, because he loves his dad. I mean, Esau, if there's anything that we know about Esau is that he loves his dad very, very much. Um, but it doesn't go exactly the way everybody plans because of Rebecca. Verse five. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob. Now, it was, it was, both of them were her sons, right? But he says to her son, Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother, Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Now, this is, this is really kind of sneaky, I think. And it's instigated by Rebecca, the wife of, um, of Isaac, and you got to think to yourself, why would she do something like this? I mean, this is almost, I don't want to call it mutiny, but I've never been really comfortable about this story. I mean, if my wife did this to me, I would be deeply hurt and betrayed. Um, because, I mean, all the cards are on the table. I know who I love. I know who um, I adore. I know who you adore. I know uh, that I'm going to give this blessing and I just want to do this. Uh, and the fact that this is going to go on behind my back is just, I mean, it's almost a stab in the heart. Unless, unless it's kind of, um, I mean, I got to wonder, maybe maybe the blessing, the firstborn blessing just shouldn't go to Esau. Maybe Isaac and Rebekah both realize, maybe they've had discussions about how this blessing shouldn't go to Esau because this blessing has ramifications as far as leading the tribe forward and all that sort of thing. And maybe Esau is just not the right person to be, to get the birthright and the blessing and lead this tribe forward. Maybe Esau is one of those guys that's very, very comfortable going out and killing game. But to tell him, okay, now your father's dead. Now you need to lead this tribe 
and be the firstborn son and make all the decisions and all that, maybe he's just not the right guy to do it. And maybe Isaac and Rebecca both realize it. And, and maybe Isaac is just not willing to make that hard decision to not give this firstborn blessing to his son. Uh, and Rebecca, being a maybe a good wife, realizes what the right thing that is to need to be done. And she takes matters into her own, own hands and becomes a leader and does the right thing, even though it's a hard thing, um, which is what leadership is. Like leadership is doing the right thing, not necessarily the easy thing. And um, Rebecca, uh, Isaac apparently is not willing to do the, the, the right thing. Uh, he, he's not willing to do the easy thing. Uh, he does, he does, Isaac is not willing to do the hard thing. He's willing to do the easy thing to the detriment of the whole entire community. And um, so I just, because this, this story has always bothered me. It's obvious that Isaac adores Rebecca. Rebecca so much loves her husband. I mean, it's a, it's a very tight-knit community. The fact that this mutiny goes on has just always bothered me. And the only thing that makes sense to me in my head, of course, is, is um, that that Rebecca is taking matters into her own hand to do the right thing because Isaac won't. And there are times in a marriage, certainly times in my marriage, uh, where Jennifer has done the right thing because I've been wishy-washy about making a decision um, and having a hard time doing the, doing, the, doing the hard thing, the hard right thing. Um, it's better to do it with your wife, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, you have to take matters in your own hand for the good of the community, the good of the family. It hasn't happened often. It's funny, when Jennifer and I were first married, um, I, I said, well, uh, you, can, you can do the easy decisions, I'll do all the hard decisions. And the running joke is we've never really had any hard decisions because <laughs> she's made all the easy decisions. But the fact is, she's she's got a good brain on her, so I rely on her a lot to you know to help make family decisions. What's the right thing to do? Which as as it should be, um, and Rebecca just takes matters in her own hand, and she tells Jacob to go kill a goat, bring it back. We're going to prepare the goat. We're going to give it to your dad, and then you're going to get the blessing. So we'll continue on verse eleven. Then Jacob's obviously concerned about this too. Jacob said to his to Rebekah's mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. So his mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. In other words, she's saying, this is my doing. This is not your doing. If your father ends up cursing you, he knows you and I have a relationship. Tell him that you that I forced you to do this and you had no choice, um, which is another sign of leadership is to take the mantle of responsibility for the difficult decisions. Um, so my son, let the curse follow me. Just do what I say, go and get them for me. So he went and he got them and he brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and she put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skins. And then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. So he went to his father and he said, My father, 
Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. So apparently, uh, Rebecca had this all planned out. She had the clothes ready to go. I mean, how long does it take to go get food? I mean, he might be back in an hour. He might be back in two hours. Um, you just don't know. And so you got to be quick about this. So she'd already thought it through. She had goat skins. Apparently, Esau was like a really hairy guy because um, when his father touches him and feels the goat skins, he's going to, oh, okay, that's Esau. Uh, because his son uh, Jacob is much smoother. So we know a couple things about Is about ja about Isaac is that his his uh, eyesight's going, probably his hearing is going, his voice is going. He's really getting close to death. Uh, this is the appropriate time to do this, and because it is easy to trick him. Um, or maybe he's and just think about this for a second. Maybe he's in on the trick. Maybe he had to feign anger and resentment and be tricked but maybe he's in on it you gotta wonder you just gotta wonder how hard is it to trick your father who i mean just because you're old and you're losing your eyesight um, doesn't mean that you're dumb at all um i just wonder if he's in on it i've always wondered if he's in on it uh it's the only thing that kind of makes sense that's the only way to save face, right? They're a honor-shame culture. Um, he doesn't want to shame his son. So instead of shaming his son, he tricks his son. And maybe maybe Isaac and Rebecca are in on it. I don't know. It's just something to think about. So uh, Jacob said to his father, this is verse 19, uh, I, am your, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Um, so let's see what happens. Isaac asked his son, Well, how did you find the game so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So he asks uh Esau, Jacob, to come close. He's going to touch him. He's going to verify that he truly is Esau, says who he is, um, sets up this whole thing. Uh, and so what happens? We'll find out. So Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. And Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. So the ruse is there. Rebecca is successful in putting the clothing and the garments on Jacob. Jacob goes to his father. He pretends to be Esau. And whether uh, Jacob know, you know, Isaac knows this or not, whether or not he's in on the ruse or not, uh, he plays along and he says, you truly are my son Esau because you say you're my son. I've touched your hairy arm. You feel like it. 
Uh, you brought me game, just like I said. And even a little bit, he says, but the voice is the voice of Jacob. I mean, come on. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty hard to disguise a voice. Although, the older I get, the more I sound like my brother, Mike. Um, I remember he left a voicemail and I was listening to it. My, my wife said, uh, "What? that sounded like you. I was like, no, that was my brother. Um, the older we get, the more we sound alike. And so, I th- and the older we get, the more we sound like my father. So it's just the way it is. You know, you get a voice box and, uh, and you use it to the best of your extent. I don't have a really super low voice. I don't have a super high voice. I have a voice that's in the mid-range. My brother does too. You know, we're brothers, so we sound alike. So it's quite possible that, that but again, Isaac picks up. This doesn't really sound like Esau. It sounds like Jacob. But Jacob says, no, it's me. I'm Esau. Feel, you know. So for whatever reason, the whole game is set. And then we get the blessing. All right. So this is uh, chapter 27, verse 26. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and he kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes... He blessed him and he said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. What an interesting blessing. Um, I, it's, it's a good blessing. I mean, he, he, he ties in the smell of the field. And uh, there is, I don't know if you've ever done any farming, but there is the smell of, of the field. And he obviously has crops and grains and, you know, whatever, because he's got a well, he waters them. And so they have a small little, you know, field of, of agriculture. And there is that, that smell of, of uh, whatever, you know, they were growing back then. I don't even know what crop it was. But it, those of you that grew up around farms, you know what I'm talking about. If you've driven through a farm with your windows down, you know, 255 air, two windows at 55 miles an hour driving down the road, smelling the grains as they come into the window. You know what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a freshness, there's a life, there's an there's a incredibly pleasing aroma uh, to smell the grains. And it must have infiltrated the clothing um, because Isaac smells it. He's, or maybe his mother went out to the grain field and put the smell on it. I don't know. But... Now, the interesting thing is my brother and I smell totally different. I can smell him a mile away. Uh, every once in a while, um, he'll go through his closet and pull out some old clothes and he'll give them to me. Say, hey, if these fit you, wear them. And, uh, and it definitely has a definite Mike smell to him. And so there's no question about it that, his, that my father's two sons have totally different smells. But if I was wearing my brother's clothes, I probably could pass by my brother. But my, my father would know right away. My brother is much bigger than I am. Uh, like I said, he's a bodybuilder and he's still, you know, weight trains and he's much, he's got a big frame. 
uh, he inherited my grandfather's frame. My grandfather was six foot one, six foot two with a big, big frame. That's my brother. And uh, I inherited my mother's frame. She was five foot two and tiny, uh, 100 pounds. That's, that's, that's the frame I inherited. So, um, but uh, smells, are, smells are important. Um, they're saying in this coronavirus, actually, that um, you, know, you can take temperature and all that sort of thing. But the one thing that is the easiest way to detect if you're infectious is if your smell goes away. I guess the vast majority, almost everybody, that gets this infection, they lose their smell for a while. So every day, get up, smell a candle. And if you can't smell the candle, go get tested because you might, be, you might have coronavirus. Anyway, so Isaac um, uh, comes here, he kisses his son. Um, you know, we don't really kiss very much anymore, do we? I, now, this is interesting, but my grandfather was from a part of Czechoslovakia that was at one part, part of the Weimar Republic or whatever. I mean, it was, uh, it's an older part of Germany that's got a huge Russian influence. And my grandfather was, uh, the way he was raised is you kissed all your children. And so he, you know, very much like you see on Russian TV, you know, where, where diplomats kiss each other, right? That was my grandfather. That's the way he kissed. And uh, so he brought that down to me and my father and everything. So I still kiss my father, um, very much uh, kiss my father, which is a very strange thing. People see that in public and I know that they think that's very strange. I even kiss my brother, which people think is really strange. Um, but that's just the, it's just a, it's just a family tradition that's carried on from that, from that German Czech area that, uh, that has that strong Russian influence. Um, so Isaac, uh, is kissed by his father. His father smells his son. And then the blessing, may God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. So um, the blessing is may God just, every crop that you plant, every time you go out into the field to harvest or whatever, may God richly bless that. Uh, it, it's, it's not a blessing of, I mean, the first blessing is that may God's providence come and dwell upon you. Um, and I think if you're going to do a blessing to your children, the very, very first thing I think you should do is tie it in to, to God at some level. Make it very spiritual. Don't make it just a mundane blessing. You know, may, may the road rise up to meet you, but may God bless you. May God, may God give you heaven's due. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to turn a blessing, any blessing, to a blessing from God um, because God is the source of all blessing, right? God is the source of everything. So tie it into God. If you're gonna do a blessing, if you're gonna pray over somebody, you know, obviously, if you're praying over somebody, you're praying to God. But if you're giving a blessing over to somebody, may, include God in the blessing because God is the source of all blessings. Uh, then he goes on. He says, may nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. So there obviously is in this blessing a sense that you are now the eldest brother, you're the one in charge, now lord over uh, everybody else. And maybe that was a problem that Esau had. Um, maybe he didn't like to be, you know, in the camp lording over his brothers. Maybe he was much more comfortable being out in the field 
killing animals. Uh, maybe he wasn't a good administrator, um, but he still could have been a good first. I mean, if he'd received this blessing and he was in charge now of the tribe, he would have to surround himself with people like Jacob, um, who would be fantastic, you know, to manage the household and, you know, manage the, the structural stuff. Obviously, uh, Jacob has that gift, like in spades. Um, but, but Esau, for whatever reason, um, his son has, you know, his father has to tell him, now lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Um, and that is the father's blessing. And it's a simple blessing. It ties into God. It, ta it talks about his future. May it be filled with wine and food. Uh, may you lord it over your, you know, all that stuff. Now, the fact is, this is all going to Jacob. So um, whether or not, you know, Jacob likes it, whether or not Esau likes it, whether or not Isaac likes it, whether or not Rebecca likes it, whether or not the tribe likes it, this blessing has now gone to, um, to Jacob. And it was a trick. And now the question will be, when, when Esau finds out about it, when Isaac finds out about it, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to reverse the blessing? Are they going to kick Jacob out? I mean, I think how this ends is probably more an indicator of who's in on the, on the, little, um, the little trick uh, than this ruse than anybody else. So um, I think I'll leave it at that. And uh, we're going to meet again on Monday. Mondays are going to be a new week. And, uh, and I pray that God blesses you this weekend. And uh, let's just go ahead and close in prayer. Gracious God, uh, thank you for the blessing that you shower upon us every day. You give us life, you give us air, you give us water, you give us food, you give us community. Be with us all until we meet again. Keep us safe this weekend. In Jesus' name.